Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode four of The Couch, a sports podcast. This is the first episode that's going to be on YouTube, so I hope everyone uh, did their makeup today is looking their finest. Uh, I know I'm definitely not, but this is going on YouTube. It'll be, this will be our first video uh, that we're posting on the YouTube channel. Um, we will be posting every single podcast on the YouTube channel. Uh, we have a nice editor. Thank you, Vincent. Shout out, Vincent. Uh, good yeah. friend from high school. So he's going to be editing those videos for us and getting them up on the YouTube so you guys can see our faces, get to know us a little better, get to know how we, uh, what we look like, who we are, um, and kind of just see how we how we podcast, which is great. Uh, we have a few things to talk about today. I'm joined here today by Max Belzik and Malik. Um, boys, we're going to go over some NFL uh, a little NBA, a little NBA summer league action that's been that's been going on. Um, then we're gonna go over the NFC East record predictions, which, like I said last time, one of our favorite segments to do here on this channel. Cowboys, Eagles, uh, the Washington General Commanders, General are they the General Commanders? Commanders, Commanders yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And then the uh, Malik's New York Giants. But I'm very excited for this podcast, guys. <laughs> very excited for this episode. It's gonna be a good one. We're talking about the best division in sports, like later. So y'all tune in. Yeah, they, they always seem to produce uh, Super Bowl winners every single year. So, all right, first things first on the docket, uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, Baker Mayfield teammates now. Baker Mayfield got traded to the Carolina Panthers. I don't know why Brett led with Robbie Anderson, but Baker Mayfield is now a Panther. Sam Darnold got fucked a little bit there. Robbie Anderson back in April, That's this is why I'm bringing him up. He tweeted, uh, no, when the possibility of playing with Baker came up. He really doesn't want to play with Baker, and now he is Malik. Uh, the Panthers suck, but does this make him any kind of – any sort of better? Yeah. When I, it's, it's an upgrade from Sam Darnold. Like any average quarterback on the market, like Jimmy G, Baker – all of them are – they're going to be upgrades to Sam Darnold. So this is a win for the Panthers. Plus, you only gave a fifth-round pick. I mean, they have a good – they have some good players, um, decent players on the squad. I think they could win up to seven games, maybe sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this was a really weird situation because it's almost like you're seeing a quarterback get punished for being – for playing through injury because um, last season, uh, Baker had that shoulder issue. He clearly wasn't 100%. And I know a lot of, I know there's a pretty split like room in general on what Baker is and how good he can be. But in my opinion, he's pretty underrated now, especially with no teams looking to bite on him. And that's just a sort of how the market turned out. Everyone got their quarterbacks before he became available. So it was kind of tough for him, but I think like people saw that he didn't look, he didn't look very good when he played last season towards the end, especially with his injuries. But I think like people forget how, this he could be a very not a very good but like a above average quarterback and if the Panthers get that that's pretty good they still have a shit team as you said but I mean that's a start like your quarterback's your most important position and now they have one that's serviceable if he is able to come back healthy you obviously have CMC too who I think benefits greatly from this uh from this trade I think I think opening up uh, the pass for Carolina will allow CMC to be more explosive and, um, you know, kind of explode more when he gets the touches, because I think that Carolina will look to throw the ball a little more next year uh, with Baker. I like Baker. I think he's a good quarterback. I know they don't have the best weapons and they, you know, they have Gilmore in the secondary, so they're going to be okay, but they're not going to be anything to, you know, 
really keep an eye on. I'd be, I'd be really surprised if they got to eight wins, seven, eight wins, I think would be a very successful year for them. Uh, I still think they have an opportunity to build and and become a pretty solid team. They have a solid foundation. You know, you have your anchor of the defense, you know, usually you want that to be like a linebacker, but I mean, you have Gilmore who's locked down. You have Baker, who's a pretty damn good quarterback. I like Baker as a quarterback. I think he's very, very good. And then you obviously have Christian McCaffrey, who's probably the most electric player, electrifying player in the NFL. Uh, so yeah, I think they're going to be in a pretty good shape, uh, coming into next season. I don't expect them to do anything. Like I said, um, but I, I do expect them in a couple years or probably next off season to try and make some moves to, to really add a couple pieces to, to help them win, win more games. Cause they went from being like the worst team in the NFL to now actually having a chance with Baker, I think. And yeah. yeah, plus he's a good bridge guy too. For your next, if you're thinking about drafting a quarterback next year, he's a good guy you can have now just to win games, just for you now. So the bridge over to the next quarterback. So this was a good pickup for me. Not to mention Baker has been very vocal about um, like when he's an underdog, that's when he performs best, um, and when people don't believe in him, that's when he kind of performs best. And it's interesting. I mean, he got all those commercials, he got all this notoriety right when he gets to the Browns and. You could argue, like, what did he do to deserve all that? Like, he was very good coming out of Oklahoma, but did he really deserve all this? Um, like, he was being pushed almost like the poster boy of the NFL before. He all the really, hype and press. Yeah. Yeah. Before he had really deserved it. And he got backlash for it. And then he saw his value go down to a fifth overall or a fifth round pick, which is ridiculous because Deshaun Watson got traded for like four first. And I don't know if he'll even touch the field ever. Like, it's it's crazy what the quarterback market is, but that's besides the point. I, I think an underdog Baker Mayfield, that's a position where he may thrive. And I would be willing to put money that he comes in with a lot to prove and he might actually do it. And I, I, I like you, but see, I, I personally like Baker Mayfield. I think he got criminally underrated um, in this trading process. Hungry dogs run faster. Uh, I, I kind of, I forget. I think that's a Dave Portnoy quote. That's a somebody on Barstool quote, but hungry dogs do tend to run faster, uh, especially with Baker. He's a straight competitor. All he wants to do is win. And I think that he will bring a little bit of a winning atmosphere and a little bit of a winning culture. I know he hasn't had a ton of success in Cleveland, but you know, that competitive drive, that mentality to win, I think he will bring to, to uh, Carolina, but I will say I'm not a big fan of the coach Matt rule. Um, I think hopefully, I don't know what his contract situation is like, but in the next couple of years, if they're looking to really establish themselves as kind of, you know, on the wild card, wild card playoff edge in a few years uh, with surrounding these pieces that they have, uh, I think they need to get rid of him. I think they need to bring in somebody else. What do you think, Malik? I think this is, is it's a make or break year for Matt Rule. He's got to prove that he can elevate this franchise. It's been two years, straight mediocrity. And, uh, yeah, last year, the offense, he's supposed to be an offensive coach. The offense was ranked 29th in the NFL. So you got to do better than that. Um, just to clean up the contract stuff a little bit, he signed a seven-year, $62 million, um, in seven 2019. So he's seven got five, years? Oh, yes, my gosh. So That's a he, pretty bad contract. He's making like 12 points something a year. So he's he's got, he's got a lot left on him. I mean, NFL coaches are the first to go when – it's like quarterbacks and coaches are usually the first to get, get the knife when uh shit hits the fan. So maybe, I don't know if you'll continue to see him, but I agree with Malik that it is probably a make and break, make or break year for him. Let's talk about a lose the other side uh, of this trade. The Cleveland Browns kind of got dicked here. 
got a fifth round draft pick 2024, I think fifth round, 2024, fifth round draft pick in return for, for fucking the first overall pick in the draft. Um, so I, I mean, it's not great for Cleveland. Their situation is looking really shitty. It's looking really, really grim right now. Do you guys see any chance that Cleveland can revive themselves within the next two to three years? Are they just going to go back to the Owen 16 Browns paper bags on the fucking heads? Like, Oh, and 16. Oh, and 17 now, Browns. They deserve yeah. it. Yeah, you go, you go. All right. They deserve this. I don't feel bad for them. You took a chance on a guy that had – it's not just baggage. These are serious issues that he comes in, and that's neither – that's not for us to talk about. But you, if I'm running a business, I'm not going to bring in someone that has the background that Deshaun Watson is, no matter the talent he is, because it seems like there's a pretty good case against him and – I don't know. I just, I, I think you alienate a lot of the women in your fan base when you bring in a player like him. And I just don't know why, why they would do that. I think you need to, they should have built around Baker. They should have been better with Baker. They should have handled him better. And they, if they had traded Baker at the correct time, instead of making that play on Deshaun, um, I think they would have been in a lot better shape. They really did this to themselves. I don't know why you do this, especially in this day and age in the social media era, when your, your mistakes are are never going to go away. And I don't know. I, I, I think this is not a good look for the franchise. This is not a good look for the NFL if he's allowed to play, still depending on what happens. But, yeah, I just – I don't know why the Browns did it. Yeah, and I've, I've seen reports uh, up to a year. So, like, the perfect quarterback I would want to bring in was Jimmy Garoppolo. He's still on a, he's still on the 49ers. So they still want to trade him. He can give you – he can win you, like, nine or ten games to get you to the playoffs. That roster is really good. And, yeah, that's a, that's a quarterback on the see on there, for sure. That was, uh, that was actually the next point I was going to transition into is the state of Jimmy G. Probably the last quarterback uh, up and up, you know, whose future is not really decided right now when it comes to NFL free agency or trades that are going to happen in the NFL for this offseason because we're – I know it's crazy, but – I think the Hall of Fame game is in less than a month now. It's August it's like 1st, I believe, something like that. So very, very excited for this NFL season to start. But Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he's a guy who's proven that he really can't throw the football. But if you need like a veteran quarterback that really can run it, he can run an offense very well. So if you needed a veteran quarterback to run an offense in placeholder of Deshaun Watson, which the Browns desperately need, uh, I really don't see why they wouldn't try trading for him. And trades in the NFL have – never really made any sense to me coming coming from an NBA fan where it's like, you know, you're trading Kevin Durant for like superstars and stars and picks. And then you trade the number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield for a fifth round draft pick. So that's never really made any sense to me. But if you can go get Jimmy Garoppolo for, I don't know, a fucking fourth round pick or a fourth and a third round pick, I think that'd be great for Cleveland. I think that would put them in contention to win the playoffs, uh, but they need a quarterback. I know they have Jacoby Brissett, who would be backing up um, whoever starts, or maybe he's the starter week one. I'm a big fan of Brissett. I saw him play live uh, on Thursday night football when Brady was suspended. He ran like a 60 yard touchdown. It was sick, but he's just not going to be the answer for the Browns, uh, especially if Deshaun's out the whole year. So I do believe that they need to go get Jimmy Garoppolo, bring him in, have him uh, get some reps with the offense before the season. And, you know, hopefully scrap to seven, eight, or eight, nine wins, scrap to eight, nine wins. What do you guys think? I mean, they're they're in a tough division too. Like they have to worry about the Ravens and all. Like the Ravens are going to be good. 
Um, Bengals pretty good. I mean, Steelers are going to be feisty. I don't know. I don't think they're going to make anything too crazy, but it's not an easy division. Um, yeah, they need to do something because I know that there are going to be players on that team that have, you know, wives and daughters that are not going to want to play with Deshaun. And, and then also you need to, you just need to have a better quarterback. Like Jacoby Brissett is good, like you said, but is he a starting caliber quarterback, like to man your team? I don't know about that. So it seems like, I don't know what they go, what they do from here. I don't know what their draft capital looks like, but like, I really like that idea of bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. That would be a perfect fit for them. Hopefully they can do something like that. If they can do that, I, I feel better about them, but if they can't do that, it's going to be a little tough for them, I think. I mean, yeah, Jimmy G, if I was a Browns fan, I'd be the most comfortable with Jimmy G starting because everywhere he's gone, he's won, but he's the downside, he gets hurt a lot. But if you get up on the field, he'll he'll win games. He'll win you games. So that's how I like that trade. And you can get him for like his value is like all time low right now. They they want to move him. So I could say they get him for like a like what Bud said, a fourth and a fifth or a third. Like they're looking to move him. Like Trey Lance is is the guy for the Niners right now. Uh, that was a great NFL talk. Let's transition now to NBA Summer League. Chet Holmgren, game one, caught everybody on Earth's attention. 23 points, seven boards, six blocks, four assists, and hitting four threes. Pretty damn impressive shit. But I'm going to be devil's advocate here. I did see a clip of Kenny Lofton just straight bullying him. Uh, three oh. possessions in a row, I saw Kenny Lofton just go straight to the rim on him uh, and score at ease. So I don't really know what to think of Chet. Offensively, he's obviously phenomenal. But what like is his, is his skinniness? Uh, I know coming from another skinny guy, uh, I know that that's definitely an issue in the sport of basketball. But is his weight going to be an issue going forward for him? Just real quick, Kenny Lofton, Kenneth Lofton Jr. though is weighs like as much as Zion. He's two. He's, he's a like, huge, no, he's a truck. He's a fucking he's six truck. six two eighty. He's he was bullying <laughs> every single person on that floor. He's and a truck. He's gonna move some people. I don't know. I think that's why they took a flyer on him because out of Louisiana Tech, Tech like okay shooter. You know, not the most athletic guy, but he's a football player on in basketball. So, um, him moving Chet around is not that scary. But I completely agree. I I loved how Chet played, but every year this happens where we overreact to the summer league and that's, you got to think like they're playing, they feel probably more comfortable because they're playing against uh, their peers and Chet Chet's one thing that stuck out to me is Chet's jumper is smooth. It, it mechanically it's beautiful. I love it. That's, that's the big thing. Um, it gets off quick. He has a super high release and he can shoot above anyone. He, he shot above, I forget who's guarding him, but the player was six ten, and he shot above from three with ease and switched it. Um, I'm very worried about his frame. Uh, we haven't seen someone with his frame be extremely successful in the NBA ever, really. And you could argue Giannis, but Giannis is not, that's not his frame. Giannis put on 20 plus pounds of muscle before he became. Definitely has to be more. That dude is fucking huge. Yeah, he is huge. Yeah. Uh, um, Chet actually twisted his ankle in the game. And that's the stuff that I'm worried about. His, he is thin. He He's thinner than Poku. Like they were yeah. there next to each other and it's rough, but this OKC Thunder team, granted, they're playing their their literal starting lineup right now in summer league, but like <laughs> they are they are in four years, they are gonna be really fun. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara looks really good. I was watching him play and I was really impressed with his athleticism and his quick burst. Like out of nowhere, he was just like just a quick like dunk from like right underneath the rim, but he's not that big. I was really impressed with him. They took a lot of uh chances on guys that, you know 
could had really high upsides, but maybe had a little bit of like an unknown X factor to them. Like for instance, Usman Diang out of New Zealand, he looked really good, 6'10". Um, I saw a thing the other day that the Thunder could run out a 6'6 point guard, 6'8 shooting guard, um, 6'10 small forward, a 7'2 power forward, and a 7'2 center. That could be a lineup that they put out. So th- this is going to be an interesting team in, in a couple of years for sure. Uh, yeah, when I watched Chet uh, first game, he looked uh, phenomenal. But there were still issues about his weight. People, guys were getting into him a little bit. He's had still six blocks, but I was like, I was still worried. That's what I was worried about coming into the draft about his weight and size. So I had Paulo ahead of him, but he's still a good shot blocker. The uh, game against what was it, Memphis? Yeah, he yeah he had yep. a he had a he had a rough one. He had a he started double double, and uh, yeah, Kenny Lofton really gave it to him. He there's one this one possession. He, he just lowers his body and Chet like moved like five feet. I was like, wow. Yeah. So that's imagine that like LeBron coming at you like full speed. But yeah, he the size is going to be a problem for first probably month and a half of the season. Then he's going to get used to the game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it'll be fine. My thing about Chet that I want to talk about is his ability to guard not at the rim. His ability to guard, as we see, Kenny Lofton got the ball at the elbows and on the wings and just went straight at him. Yep. Like, there's no reason that somebody who's his size or even taller, right? He was only 6'6". I know he's a fucking tank. Yep. But if you get, you know, like a 6'9 wing with a little, with a pretty filled out frame going at Chet, I mean, he's probably going to get fucking moved. So we know it's a very wing dominated league. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he'll be able to match up defensively throughout his first year uh, in the NBA. But Offensively, I don't think there's any questions about his game. Uh, he's also a phenomenal rim protector. Six blocks. That's very, very impressive. Very incredible uh, for a young guy. Broke the summer league record, I think. I think that was a summer league record. Six blocks, and he plans on breaking it, he said. But he, I'm just concerned with his defensive ability, not at the rim, but pretty much everywhere else. Uh, he can hang with guys on the perimeter. Uh, contest shots, obviously, as long as shit. Pause. But just being able to guard guys on the wing when they get going downhill, fast uh, transitions going downhill, uh, I'm kind of worried about that going forward. Yeah, um, I, I love that you mentioned about him wanting to go out and get those six more blocks. The, the, the best thing is that he's not afraid. That's the biggest thing because you can fix your weight. You can add more weight. You can get in the gym. You can get big, but you can't fix your mentality. We talked about this before with Ben Simmons and um, just the competitive nature. Chet has that. And he has some dog in him and he's not, this is, goes all the way back to high school. He, when people would talk shit to him, he would talk right back. And I love that about him. He's confident in himself. That's a good thing. I also love that. I saw him take the ball off the rim and just go. I love when I love the versatility that OKC has. They have like five players that are all above six, six that can do that. Now that can just take the rim, the ball off the rim and just go and run, run the floor. And they have a lot of great passers. Josh Giddy is looking really nice. I know a lot of people were afraid of his jumper coming into the draft and a lot of people argued that and his uh, and he's not the most athletic and a lot of people were arguing that he's he had potential to be a bust. He almost want he like he was in this in the realm of rookie of the year. He wasn't quite there but he he's looking really good and I I'm excited to see how he elevates Chet's passing. Yeah, you I was about to bring up Josh Giddey. He was throwing absolute dimes both games. Yeah. Both games, he had like combined 20, 21 assists, which is kind of yeah. it's pretty good. It's summer league, but yeah, he's, awesome. you know, he's going to be the point guard of the future at a way he can set up his teammates. 
But he on the I watched one defense a little bit. He's still got some struggles there, but he'll get better. He's just getting yeah. he's getting strong. He's already getting stronger, more add more weight. It's only be a matter of time till he goes an average defender in the NBA. They're just doing something in OKC that really no one else has ever tried to do. They're just building a roster completely like originally. They're building yeah. a roster in a way that we have never seen before, right? Bringing guys in that are skinny as fuck, but very talented and like 6'10, 7'2, 7'1, just really yeah. oddly athletic guys that don't really wow you. Uh, but just really get the job done. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play this year. Obviously, I'm not really expecting them to be great. They got the second pick in the draft for a reason, but they have a pretty solid roster. Uh, their head coach, Mark, I can't even Dagnault, 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 I haven't really heard of this guy before. He's entering his third year now, but I, I would like to see how he kind of, uh, orchestrates his team this year. I think that they have a roster where they have a lot of potential to to be pretty decent, uh, and it's in, it'll be interesting to see if he can put it all together. I think that the fact that they brought on all of these guys, uh, I think the GM is confident that he can put all of this shit together. So I, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm excited to watch him play. I hope they get a couple national tele- televised games this year because that is the only way I will be able to watch the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. <laughs> I was going to say they're going to be a fun league pass team, but I guess I guess you're not going to. I'm not the- paying like hundred and fifty dollars no, a month for league pass. It. I know it's not one fifty, but it's fucking insane. It's a lot. It's a lot. But there are team. There are like I buy the Celtics one, so I can watch every Celtics game. But yeah, there. Sometimes you can get a, you can get like a cheap bundle where they give you like NBA TV and OKC kind of camps out on there. But stream stream um, east also yeah stream you, you got stream oh, yeah. you got stream legally. No, no, yeah, no. We, we're all legal. <laughs> no, no, no. We're all legal. Really. <laughs> um, that's how I watch every UFC, nice and legal. Um, but yeah, I always pay the one, pay the seventy five pay per view price. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and just one quick thing: if they are able to get Wimbenyama, who would fit seamlessly in at that Poku spot, Poku spot. I don't know. That's four years from now that you got a baby warriors team coming up in terms of think just, so. dude, Victor is going to be special. He's seven, two. There's a video of him cooking Gobert at age 16. And yeah, that and guy then, is fucking insane, dude. He's, he's, he, he's going number one. Kitty. Yeah. Yes. He's going number one. So it's interesting to see. The pick. Huh? So like say the option, OKC has like a million picks. They have the, they could have the best chance of winning the lottery. Really? Okay. So I yeah. know that they obviously still have a bunch of picks, but that guy's going number one, no doubt. He's been the bona fide number one for the last like yeah. three years, I think, uh, for this draft class. So if they can get the number one pick, that'd be great. I know they still have a ton, but a ton of picks, obviously, but I do think they're going to look to be competitive this year. Uh, I don't think they're going to be looking to go balls up and belly up and, and try to get that number one pick again. I disagree with that a little bit because I think if they wanted to be competitive, you would have packaged those picks to get a better player, right? These, they have multiple picks in the upcoming like draft. So they have multiple first round picks that they can, that are all going to be added to that lottery. They have the best odds for the lottery. And if they're the worst team, they will have the the best chance of getting Victor. And I, from what I've, from, I've listened to like OKC beat writers on the ringer and it sounds like OKC is really looking towards Wemben Yama. They're very into him. I, don't, I, I would be into him too. He's fucking yeah. Prodigy, yeah. but I don't know if if they're going to be the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, that's I fair. really don't know if they will be. It's going to be a yeah. tank for Victor. Yeah, I feel like 
they'll they'll win enough games for them to be in the lottery, like towards the bottom half. I don't think they have too many t- too much talent to go they get the one to one pick. They still could in lottery in theory, but yeah, that'd be crazy if they have Yamiana. I know they have they have um had a history of like they sat Shea last year. They sent Horford home. They they are willing. Presti the their GM is the old GM of the Sixers who did the trust the process Sixers. So he's a tankaholic. He that's what he does. Process um, is over. Process got fucked. It did get fucked. And um yeah, so I just I think there's a little obviously it's a very small chance because there's gonna be some really bad teams out there, Spurs, Jazz, stuff like that. But I, there could be a potential um where they where they might sneak into that first overall pick. He's Jazz, a lock on the Spurs. I, I think the Jazz is gonna be the worst team than NBA. Oh yeah, the Jazz. Spurs, the Spurs. Jazz are bad. bad. Charlotte they trade Mitchell. They might trade Mitchell like in yeah the week. They should. Yeah. They will. I think Ainge obviously built the Celtics is going to try to get as many picks as he can for Mitchell. Uh, a couple of young players in return. He's not going to try to get any veterans on the roster. He's going to try to get uh, one or two young guys. Maybe uh, their pick. Who they pick? Johnny Davis, right? No, for sorry, no. no. Johnny no. Davis went to um, Washington. Went to who did they get? The who did, Jazz. Who did New York yet? No, who did New York yet? Oh, the Knicks. They got um, – oh, shoot. It was really confusing because they picked, like, Mark Williams. They didn't get anybody. Nobody. They, that's right. Yeah. Okay, that's no right. One. That's why I'm blanking. They didn't get anybody. Um, but I do think they have a couple young guys that Ainge would be interested in grabbing along with a bunch of picks. Um, New York just got Brunson, obviously. So, I mean, Brunson and Mitchell, I think Mitchell is a good two guard, honestly. I think he plays very well with a solid point guard. So I think Mitchell, uh, Brunson, and Robinson, obviously, Mitchell Robinson's a fucking animal. So I think those three could be a problem in New York. But the Knicks would kind of have to go all in, and that's exactly what Ainge wants them to do. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very, very interesting to see what would happen there. You guys got anything else before we move on? I just want to say that the Knicks traded fucking Usman Diang and Jalen Duran. They had both of them on the team and traded both of those players, and both of those guys could be very, very good. That's yeah. it's because Usman, I brought him up already, like 6'10, small forward, great passer, great shooter. Um, the only real knock was that like he's a little unknown coming out of New Zealand and through the G League and didn't look that great in the G League. But I mean, I don't know what New York's doing. I like the Brunson signing, but if I'm their fans, I just feel bad for them at this point. But yeah, uh, that it's it's going to be interesting. Um, Jazz also have a lot of picks, but they're Minnesota picks, so you don't know what those values are. So hopefully, this hopefully- is going to suck, dude. That was a fucking horrible trade. Oh my yeah. god, that trade was so yeah. ass. Pretty bad trade. Danny do we think just fucking counting his draft picks with his fucking fingers, dude? Do I we think the Knicks would picks. risk trading away all of their good young players like RJ Barrett, Oppy Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson for like the fifth seed in the East? Yes, because Tom Thibodeau is their head coach still, and he doesn't play young players. So him picking that would up- be a Knicks. That would be a Knicks think- thing to do. I would yeah, be shocked if they gave up Mitchell Robinson for in a package with for Donovan Mitchell. That yeah. I would be very very surprised at that. I think it would have to involve uh, Obi um, a fuck ton of like an actual fuck ton of picks yeah. uh, in order to make this trade semi equal. Donovan Mitchell said that he's just going to stand by uh, while the Jazz look to make their decision. He's not forcing the Jazz to make a move. This came out today. Spider won't force Jazz trade. Mitchell is going to. Mitchell is going to stand pat after Rudy Gobert's departure. 
according to Bleacher Report. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, but I don't think it'll be on the Jazz by uh, game one of the NBA season. I'm excited. Uh, you guys got anything else to say before we move on to the NFC East? It is worth mentioning that the Knicks did get, like their draft was they ended up getting draft picks in that yeah. draft. So the final haul for them was 2023 first round pick via Detroit that is protected uh, one through 18, I believe. And then they got a 2023, 2023 first round pick via Washington, which could be, I don't think they'll get that one. Cause I, it's also a protected one through 14 and Washington's going to be pretty shit. So I think, I think um, the, the Knicks probably won't get that pick. And then they have a 2025 first round pick via Milwaukee. That's, that was just what they got from trading Jalen Duran and um, Usman Diang. So those are picks that they can add to the lineage of picks they already have to make a package for Donovan Mitchell. And I think that's worth putting out there, but I don't know those picks, those picks are like, if they had, they should have gotten those unprotected because those, they gave up real assets for those picks. I don't understand how you don't get that, that pick from Detroit, at least unprotected because Detroit could be, they're not going to be great, but they're going to be better than they're not going to be the worst team in the league. So I I don't know. I, I just, I think you get that. And then, for Washington too, I totally would want to get that unprotected because Washington's going to be horrible. And I understand why Washington protected it, but the Knicks need to get that unprotected because, or they should have gotten that unprotected because they could they could have gotten that pick if it's going to end up being bad, which it most likely will be, or a high right. pick because Washington. It's unfortunate. Bad. Knicks Knicks management has never been great. They've been struggling for for many 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 years now. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that was a great segment, fellas. Uh, when we come back. Jordan Dyer will be joining us. I think Max will be departing. Max got that pit sweat. So everyone on YouTube just saw that. I love he he brought he raised his arm and was just like, oh fuck. Uh yeah, I realized you saw that. Uh, I'm wearing like a brown shirt. Oh, gross. Oh, it's tough. All right, you didn't need to show it again. But Max will be departing. (laughs) Malik will be saying, uh, Jordan Dyer, co-host of the Lovecast, will be joining us to discuss the NFC East record predictions, comparing them to the Vegas lines. We have three squad rides on the board so far. We have Buffalo over 11 and a half wins, Tennessee over nine wins, and then Denver over 10 wins. So hopefully we can add another one for you guys. Um, I'm gonna... What was that? Oh, never mind. I'm stupid. Buffalo Bills. The Bulls. Yeah, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Dumbass. Uh, Dumbass. Hopefully we're going to be keeping track of these, obviously, uh, throughout the whole NFL season. We'll report back um, after the season, midseason. We'll give you updates on these picks. So. Uh, I know as Fike said last time, maybe tailing us is the play or maybe fading us is the play. But personally, I would tell us, man, I would tell us uh, we can all, you know, Bill Belichick, if we all are wrong together, we can still be right. Uh, let's live by that. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we will be right back. Wow. Words are fucking hard today, boys. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are now joined by Jordan Dyer. Uh, Jordan, welcome. Thank you. Let's Let's get into it. Yeah, let's really get into it. We have the NFC East today. Malik, this is your division. This is yeah. uh, the division that you acclaimed is the best division in the <laughs> NFL um, for, for great reason, too. You know, there's talent across the board. These teams are phenomenal. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, and the Giants. Uh, why don't you just give us your records first, Malik, since this is your division? Yeah, so this is no nothing, nothing homer at all. I just took like a serious analysis so giants gotta go nine and eight and that's i feel like keep firing keep firing firing. (laughs) just fire through we'll go back we'll revisit cowboys 10 and 7 got birds 7 and 10 and they got the commanders going 6 and 11 jordy 
All right, I got the Cowboys 12 and 5, the Commanders 8 and 9, the Giants 7 and 10, and the Eagles uh 10 and 7. I have the Cowboys 10 and 7, Eagles 9 and 8, Giants 6 and 11, Commanders 5 and 12. Malik, since you were so eager to talk about your boys, uh your Giants, why don't you go first and talk about them? Yeah, I feel like this is this got to be the year it all comes together for Dale Jones. I've been watching every every one of his games on his career, and I don't – honestly, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. He's put in an awful situation. Like, have you seen the plays Jason Garrett was calling up? I don't think Tom Brady would even have success in that. They are horrible. Yeah, and uh, our defense is young, and it's – we had a, a, the second-leading sack leader among all rookies last year in Elise Ojolari. And we got Kayvon Thibodeau coming in. Our, our line is looking set. Our linebackers are pretty good, pretty solid guys. Cornerback, it's, it's really the issue for them. Got Dory Jackson. He's always banged up. And we got some good draft picks like Darnay Holmes. Yeah, I'll, it's really going to be dependent on Daniel Jones if they can go 7, seven and 10 or 9 and 8. It's really all I see it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I am not at all like a Daniel Jones hater. I, I've seen a lot of good things from him, and you're right. He's been in a horrible situation in terms of coaching, uh, as well as, you know, having some talent issues on the offensive side. But I have him 7-10. and 10. I loved what they did in the draft. Um, I think Kayvon was a great pick. He uh, he slid a little to them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah he was, it was top five. Okay, yeah. Um, because I know he was number one though for a while though, like before draft, he was projected one. Yeah, so uh, I I really liked what I saw from him uh in college. I think, I mean, I just can't see the Giants going positive uh above five hundred with just how their their franchises run, um year to year and how how they're coached. I know Daniel Jones has talent. The whole team has talent, but you need an organization to be well run. Uh, to get wins in the NFL. So that's why I have them seven and 10. I also think uh, they are relying on Saquon South. Also, if you see me spitting into this cup, it's not anything bad. It's just big sunflower seeds, ranch. Those are the best sunflower seeds. Um, But I also think they're very dependent on Saquon's health. Uh, Saquon being healthy is obviously a huge key for them. He's been hurt the past two years. Um, I drafted him in fantasy, so I experienced firsthand his fucking injuries. Uh, Their schedule isn't easy but it's also not extremely tough they have a couple tough games um but at the end of the day they're the giants they they seem to lose a lot of games um just by literally not being able to score the football uh you know the receiving core isn't great um you know they brought on galladay who hasn't scored or didn't score a fucking touchdown last year um you know they have a couple other guys that can that are that are decent at football on the offensive side defense is okay defense is probably Actually, definitely the better side of the football. But, you know, you're looking at the uh, the schedule. You know, they play the Vikings. They play the um, – sorry, they play the Packers in England and London. You know, they play the Titans. Um, it's it's a pretty, pretty attackable schedule for them. Uh, I think the division games they're going to struggle in. But if they can take care of business outside the divisional games, I think 6-11 is a little harsh, to be honest. Uh, you know, they play games against the Brown, um, not Browns, the Bears, Texans, Lions, uh, Colts, Jaguars, 
Colts are obviously very good. Uh, Seahawks, Panthers, like they they're gonna have opportunities to win games. Uh, it's just a matter of will they be able to. I'm not very confident that they will be able to. That's why I kind of put them at six eleven. I think it's a little bit of a of an exaggeration, but you know, realistically, I could see them just being like seven and ten, eight seven and ten probably is is my adjusted record. Uh, if we're taking a look at the Vegas lines. Vegas has this team at seven wins, uh, the under seven being at minus 125 and the over seven being at plus 105. Um, Malik, you know, you have them at nine wins. Was that, was that correct? Is that what yeah, I heard? Nine. Is that what I heard? Yeah. So are you tempted to take this over? Yeah. Um, honestly, every year I think we're going to the playoffs and it hasn't happened in five years. So honestly, I'm, I wouldn't bet on this team. That's like the only fade I'm yeah. doing. Like that's a clear fade, but I can, I can honestly see him getting over and getting nine. That's like the the max ceiling for this. I team. think I think nine is an unbelievable year for them. Like yeah. everything goes perfectly, they get nine wins. But like I said, they have a pretty attackable schedule against some against some shitty opponents. So we'll see if they'll be able to uh, pick up some wins. But personally, I would lean the under. Uh, I don't think this team is still uh, ready to win now. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team now. So, you know, you're getting a little comfort at minus uh, or sorry, at seven flat. So, you know, you kind of if they get to the seventh win on the last game of the year, uh, you'll be OK with a push uh, minus 125. You're not paying a ton of juice. I'm just not very confident in this team to to put up points on the offensive end, uh, especially with the receiver core. Jordan, what do you think? I think it's just too unpredictable. There's there's some teams that you can see, um, you know, they bring in established players already. The Giants. A lot of their improvements this year is going to be through will Daniel Jones progress and will these draft picks pay off? And it's just like, it's too hard to say. So there's no shot. I would, I would bet that. And I also, I had him seven and 10. I didn't even know that was the number. Like, so it, it definitely wouldn't be worth it for me to put anything on it. I completely agree. Totally agree. Uh, staying away from this one, boys. We are not squad writing this one, unfortunately. Uh, let's move on to another team now. Washington Commanders. Uh, some news broke today that they had a horrendous practice. I think Carson Wentz threw three picks in OTAs um, and two corners ran into each other or two safe, a safety in a corner ran into each other. And one of them had to leave with uh, what Ron Rivera is calling shoulder soreness. So they're already a fucking mess. Uh, Carson Wentz kind of what used to be an MVP candidate. I have them going five and 12 with a pretty tough schedule. Um, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, I had him at six and eleven. I just don't, I just don't believe in his team at all. I don't believe in Carson Wentz. Uh, we've seen it. He had a great, or pretty good Colts team. He couldn't lead him to the playoffs. Lost the last week of the season to the worst team in the NFL, which is really bad. Yeah, and then I just they have a lot of holes. They have a, a lot of good players on the defense, though. I, that could elevate them up there. But other than that, I just don't believe in them. Yeah, so I have them, what do I have them, eight and nine. Um, I guess, I mean, that's a lot more than you guys have. I could see them um, seven and ten, but I don't I don't think they're going to go five and twelve. Um, Wentz, he's not great, uh, but he's better than a lot of guys, and he's very talented. He can, he can win you games, and he will lose you games. But I also like Ron Rivera a lot, and – uh, Chase Young on defense is an absolute stud. Uh, and then you got Scary Terry, who I think he's never had a quarterback 
with the type of talent Wentz has. And I, I think he's going to have a big year. So I have him eight and nine, but seven and 10, maybe a better guess. Yeah, I think five and 12 is a little harsh, to be honest. But I'm just, I, I like Ron Rivera, Jordan. I think that's a great point. Big fan of Ron Rivera. I think he does a lot of great things uh, when he's coaching, when he's healthy. Thank God he beat cancer. That was obviously an incredible story. But, you know, this team just doesn't have enough talent to make the wild card and be the second team in this division, I don't think. So I think eight and nine or nine and eight will be uh, that second seed in the division. And I realistically just don't see them getting there. Uh, I know they have obviously Scary Terry who just signed a huge deal. Carson Wentz who's obviously very talented, but hasn't. I mean, he kind of showed it last year, but then in the last game of the year, completely got fucked by the Jaguars. So it's it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to watch this commander team play just because of Scary Terry. Scary Terry is an unbelievable uh, athlete. Uh, Chase Young as well. It's always fun to watch. But Vegas has their win total at eight wins flat, which I think is kind of kind of high. Minus wow. 110 on either side. According to DraftKings, this is as of today, July, July 7, 7th. July 7th at 7.17 p.m. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm probably going to stay away from this one, too. I think there's a lot of unpredictability when it comes to these first two teams that we're going over. Uh, you could see the Commanders not really having a great year. You could see Wentz being uh, classic Wentz and just making a lot of mistakes, trying to do too much, especially with only kind of one guy to throw to in uh, Scary Terry. But on the other hand, you could also see them kind of having a really solid year. If Scary Terry and Wentz really uh, develop a connection, you could see them having a phenomenal uh, year, which is probably nine and eight for them, to be honest. So probably staying away from this one. Yeah, same here. Um, they they really could. They really have the weirdest, like, ceiling and floor for me. It's because they have so many variables. Got Carson Wentz what, and the defense is – it's been good the past few years. But they just need they they've always needed that quarterback, and we just have to see if he can be that guy. And I just don't think that's he's the guy. So I'm gonna go under eight wins. Yeah, so I had um eight and nine. I was right on it again. Maybe I should be Vegas. I'm getting hot. Um, Who is Vegas? <laughs> uh, I think uh, Vegas might be looking at their schedule a little bit because they do. They start off Jaguars, Lions, Eagles. Um, so I I would be shocked if they don't start off at least two and one and then they also play the texans they play the giants twice obviously uh they play the bears who are terrible so they have like some free wins in there um so yeah eight and nine uh i definitely wouldn't go over that um but i would stay away from it too because they're just too unpredictable like malik said i think i know i've said this for literally every division but especially especially in this division it's going to come down to the uh divisional games um It'll be it'll come down to if Washington can't perform in the divisional games, because if they will, they will be able to get to nine wins um, because they should be able to take care of business outside of um, outside of the division. You know, it's playing teams like Chicago, playing teams like the fucking Texans, Lions. So I want to see if they start out well, if they start out well, I could see them getting to eight wins pretty easily. Uh, but if they come out one and two, which honestly Jordan, you said you'd be surprised. I wouldn't be completely shocked. Uh, a lot of these teams are really scrappy that they're playing early on. I uh, know they're not great teams by any stretch, but they're still scrappy. So if they start out one and two and Wentz looks terrible, I would probably see them getting to like seven or six or seven wins. But 
uh, if they take care of business outside of their division, they, they could be able to get to eight wins. So uh, realistically, there's just too much variability here. I'm not going to touch this line. Moving on to uh, the Dirty Birds, the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles. I had them going nine and eight. Um, I like this team, to be honest. I know that they're obviously not great, but I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. Not really, but kind of. I like the roster. Yeah, they have a they have a, they added a lot of new players. Um, I just don't like their schedule at all. They have a, some, some guy later, named AJ Brown. Yeah, some kind of AJ Brown. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make Jalen Hurts look way better. I think Devontae Smith will have a good year. I had him going seven and ten, which is which is not really. They, I just don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I don't believe, believe in all, a lot of these quarterbacks. I should not. I shouldn't believe in Daniel Jones, but I don't believe in J- Jalen Hurts, which is weird. But yeah, I, I like their defense is getting older. I don't like that. They need to buff that up. But I, other than that, I see them as mediocre the whole season. Yeah. So I have them ten and seven. I am. I I look for kind of a big season from this team and a big jump. Uh, you said you don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I actually loved what I saw from him. He sat his rookie year base. I think he sat like 12 games. Um, so last year was essentially his rookie year. And whenever you're, you know, whenever it's your first time playing in the NFL, you're going to make mistakes, turn the ball over. Um, but now that he's seen defenses, he, he knows, you know, what the speed's like. Um, how how defenses disguise coverages. I think this that we're going to see a big leap this year from Jalen Hurts. I actually do believe in him. Um, and then that added on with the AJ Brown signing. I mean, I think I think Jalen Hurts is going to surprise a lot of people this year. So I, I like ten and seven. Um, curious to hear what this line is. This line is interesting. Uh, I'm going to say a few things about the Eagles first before we get on to the line. I'm a Jalen Hurts believer as well, especially with Devontae Smith. Uh, they had a bunch of link-ups last year. Uh, I expect that to continue, especially adding A.J. Brown only opens the field up more for Devontae Smith uh, to, to get open, uh, to get into space. Uh, A.J. Brown as well. Uh, I expect them to already be working out, and I expect them to have a great connection this year as well. So, you know, Boston Scott is going to do his job. He's going to take about five rushing touchdowns away from Jalen Hurts on the one-yard line. Uh, I had him in fantasy last year, which fucking – he did. who's a good fantasy QB, but could have been a lot better. There were so many times where he was on the one-yard line and gave it to Boston Scott. But uh, the running group, the running core isn't amazing. Uh, the receivers are pretty decent, obviously. Hurts, uh, I'm very confident in. The defense, uh, I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to hold up. Uh, nothing phenomenal, nothing flashy, but you know, it's an NFC East defense. Those are always pretty tough. This line for Philly's win total is nine and a half. Nine and a half. Uh, we have over is minus 120, and the under is even. So, Jordan, once again, basically just being Vegas right now, literally just making these lines up. Uh, he just dropped an ice cube. If you're on Instagram, you just saw him drop that, or on <laughs> YouTube, you just saw him drop that, which is pretty funny. But uh, nine and a half over 120. Over minus 120, unders, even odds. I I hate betting win totals with a 0.5, to be honest, unless I'm crazy confident in it because you don't have any possibility of a push, guys. Jordan, you go. Somebody hop in, man. Yeah, uh, I have them. Um, so I have them a half win over, but I would still probably stay away. I'm not like, I'm not just throwing around money on these win totals. Like I, I got to really believe in your team. 
uh, for me to put money on you. I, I expect the Eagles to get there, but it's it's obviously not a sure thing. So nine and a half, like like 10 wins is a lot of wins in the NFL. Yes. That's a good team, um, especially for a team like the Eagles. So I would stay away. But if you uh, have to put money on this bet, I would lean the over. I would probably yeah. lean the over too, to be honest. Uh, Malik, go ahead. Yeah, I would. I would lean over, but it's gonna be. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't. You really can't put money on any of these teams. But if I was a bed man, I'd do over it, so I just don't lose money by betting under. Yeah, to be honest, like these NFC East teams are always so fucking tough. They're always so unpredictable. Um, you could see a team come out and put up literally like a five win season that is projected to have like an eight win season. And then you could see teams come up and put up nine wins that are projected four wins or five wins. So there's a lot of variability in this conference as always. I'm not going to touch this one again. Uh, these lines have seen pretty, have seemed pretty spot on. Nothing that really catches my eye so far uh, or any of our eyes so far, but you know, if I had to put money, I would probably put money on the, I'd probably put money on the over. Uh, minus 120, nine and a half. But again, not going to touch it, not advising any of you touch it that are listening to this or watching <laughs> this on YouTube. So uh, moving on to the final, final team in this conference. I think we all have this team winning the division. How about them Cowboys? I have them going 10 and seven. Um, you know, they lost a few pieces, but they still are pretty talented. They're still a very, very talented team, Jordan. Uh, you had them getting 12 wins, was it? Yeah, 12 wins. Talk about them. Yeah, so I'm a huge Dak fan. I love him in fantasy, and I love him in real life. I think he's a really good quarterback and a little bit overhated. People kind of pick on Dak sometimes for things that I don't really think are his fault. But um, Zeke doesn't look great, but I got to say, like, Tony Pollard looks absolutely electric. Um, He, in my opinion, should get more touches than Zeke, and I I wouldn't be shocked if he does. but either way, like having those two backs, like having those options in that one-two punch, that's a that's a good backfield. And then CD Lamb's gonna absolutely explode this year. I know they lost Amari, but CD's gonna go nuts. Um, and then they have talent, um, you know, basically across the board. They did lose a few guys. They lose um, Randy Gregory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They the did. Yeah, so that that's definitely a big loss for them, but. Um, I just think that the, the Cowboys are – they're a solid regular season team. Um, I don't see them making any sort of deep runs, but I am I have enough faith in Dak that he can get them to 11 or 12 wins in a in a 17-game season. Yeah, I think Dak's a great regular season quarterback, and I, ha- I had him go 10 and 7. And the reason I said that is because the first part of the schedule is, like, very, very tough. But then as you get on, as you go down – it's like it gets pretty easy. The, the worst, best team you're going to play about the last 10 games is going to be the Packers. But then you got the Bears, Lions, Jaguars, and Eagles, and Washington twice, and the Texans. So I can I can see them reeling off 10 games, but the first part of the schedule is brutal. I mean, you got Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, and the Rams. If they if they can win some of those games. I can see them, I can see them winning – one of those three games for sure. If they can squeak out one, I think that's a that's a win for them, to be honest. Um, winning one of those games, especially like against a Super Bowl contender, is a huge momentum swing, a huge momentum push, especially early in the year. Uh, starting the season off on a high note is always 
something that really can benefit a team, especially a team that, you know, they, the Cowboys have a chance to be competitive again, um, just like they were last year. I know they're not as, as good as they were last year, but and they're not a, obviously a great playoff team because of the Cowboys. But, you know, they're still pretty talented and they're still looking to make uh, a pretty significant splash this year. So, you know, I have a 10 and seven, but, you know, I could see them. I could see them getting to 11 or 12 as well, especially if they can win a few games that they shouldn't, um, you know, shouldn't on paper. But if they can scrap out a few wins, they're going to lose a few games that they shouldn't as well. So I think 10, uh, 10 wins is kind of where I'm hovering around. And honestly, that's where Vegas has it at. Vegas has it at 10 flat. So I, I did this first one when I was doing mine. Uh, I had, you know, the Cowboys 10-7 I made on my records, and I went and got the Vegas lines from uh, DraftKings. And then I saw Dallas was 10 flat, and I was like, holy fuck, I'm Vegas. Uh, but Jordan and I combined, I guess, could be Vegas. So Dallas, 10 wins flat, minus 110 either side. Um, if I'm taking the side, though, I'm taking the over. Like, I'm feeling not insanely confident for a squad ride, but confident enough to maybe put, like, a half unit on this over. Jordan, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, or anybody. I I just think um, having the ability to push at ten wins is so awesome for if you want to bet this because I like. Are they really going to go nine and eight? Are they that bad? I don't I, think so. I, I don't think so. I think they get to ten um, minimum, and if they like like the guys are saying, if they beat someone that they shouldn't and pull off some some upsets, then they can get to eleven, twelve. So. Yeah, I feel the same way. Half unit over, and if they if they go nine and eight, like just never bet on the Cowboys again. <laughs> yeah, this is probably like the most secure bet in this division, but it's not very secure. Uh, I have them. I, I'll take the over on that one for sure. That's the most talented team by far. Like we know what they've done. This they were very good last year. You know they lost some parts, but. You got the quarterback, you got the line, you got the running back. You should be good in this division to win 11 games. Let's take a look at the uh, series prices for the NFC East. Uh, it's very interesting. There is no clear favorite here. We have dogs across the board. We have the Cowboys coming in as the favorites, though, at plus 125. Are you guys feeling confident enough to bet that? If it was... If the line was bigger, I don't know. That's not – I'd fade that. That's a fade. Or just a non-touch, um, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't bet it. I just don't think it's worth it at plus 125. But, I like, I think the Cowboys are going to win the division, but I just don't want to – I'm not going to throw down, you know, whatever it is, 100 for 125. That's just not great value for uh, a sport where, like, if someone gets injured, then it's – you lose that bet. Like if Dak yeah, goes your down, wraps. It, it's over. So I just don't think it's worth it. If it was like plus 175, I, I would definitely consider it more. So are you guys feeling high on any other team to win the division? Or are we just kind of saying, look, it's, it's, it's football. It's the NFL. It's the NFC East. No clear division winner. Is that, is that kind of what we're thinking here? Well, for me, if you had a hundred, just if you had a hundred to play with, think about this. Just bet the Giants. You you get a good return. Don't don't bet the Giants. They're plus eight hundred <laughs> in the division. Please don't bet the Giants. Hey, that's eight hundred bucks, dude. If, if, you free, if you had a free hundred, if you had a free hundred, just bet the Giants. What are the Giants honestly. to lose the division? That's what I would bet. 
I don't even know if they have that. Um, yeah, but I'd probably bet that. That's a, that's a <laughs> solid bet to me. Minus. All right. Well, that. Yeah, exactly. Minus 250 to come in dead last in the division. All right. Well, this was fun. These are always one of our favorite segments to do. Uh, this would re- this will wrap up episode four. Uh, this would be coming out tomorrow, so Friday, July 8th. Thank you, boys, so much for coming on. As always, we will be back uh, on Monday for you guys, posting on YouTube, posting on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. We are there. Make sure to follow the socials, Twitters, uh, Twitters, TikToks. Malik will be handling the TikToks, cutting up clips from these podcasts to post. So very excited about that. Uh, Yeah, big things are coming. So uh, stay tuned. And as always, thank you for listening, boys. Final words. Um, it was a great pod. Go Giants. Next one. Yeah, go Giants. Giants. All right, go Giants. You heard it here first, boys. Love you. See ya. Peace.